Welcome to another edition of the Radio Plasma podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. And today we're going to talk about randomness. I, I love randomness. I love that that's in the description. That's the main focus of this conversation. And this is also connected with art, which is also random. Yeah, totally. Hi, Anne. This is Anne Thalheimer today talking with us about different things because Anne is a person of many characters and many skills and many surprising roles. And let's let's find out some of them today. Awesome. So I'm, I'm here also to talk about the Holyoke Local Cultural Council, which is um, an amazing organization here in Holyoke. And every city and town in Massachusetts has a local cultural council. And our, um, our grant funding season is about to open on September 1st. And I want to make sure everybody knows about this because it's an awesome program and it does a lot of cool stuff in Holyoke. And if you have an interesting arts, humanities uh, project in Holyoke, this is a way for you to get some funding to make it happen. When you mention this local mm -hmm. cultural council, there is also one that is statewide? Correct. Okay. Yep. That's the Massachusetts Cultural Council. Okay. Because I asked the question because I know that sometimes people could think that one thing is covering all of them. And actually, those are two separate entities that some people could participate on. Uh, they're separate, but they're linked. So the Massachusetts Cultural Council is a statewide program that does a lot of different arts and humanities programming. Um, it's one of the things when people talk about Charlie Baker cutting the arts budget, this is part of the budget that they're talking about. And so the Massachusetts Cultural Council gets an allocation from the state. And then that money is sent out to the different local cultural councils. I think there are probably 329 of them throughout Massachusetts. Some of the smaller towns have to double up because <laughs> they're, they're small towns um, because the money is allocated by population. So um, Holyoke generally gets in the neighborhood of about $22,000 to $30,000, depending on the size of the arts budget, which is one of those things that they're still working on and developing, and um, money that isn't used from previously allocated grants gets freed up to be redistributed um, in the fall, because it's a once-a-year program. So we usually do an audit in August or so to figure out how much money we're actually going to have, and then we go into our grant cycle. So who can participate on this? If you are a Holyoke resident, you can participate in this, or if you are somebody who's doing a program that will happen in Holyoke. Um, for example, we've had East Ham folks who live in East Hampton who are coming to do a, a program in Holyoke. As long as it's happening in Holyoke and benefiting Holyoke, you're eligible. And there are, there are little particular things that can't be funded. It's for Massachusetts only. So if you are an educator and you're taking a field trip to someplace in Connecticut, we can't fund that because of state regulations. But pretty much anybody is open to apply. When we talk about arts, sometimes people will think it has to be something very specific about certain type of projects. So mm -hmm. what are some of the ideas 
and some of the grantees that yeah. have been involved. So that way people can have an idea of yeah. how much of diversity yep. implies this this participation. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to try to go off the top of my head and think about different arts programs that folks know about. Um, we, we co-sponsor Taste of South Holyoke. They were a successful grant application this past year. The um, utility box that's up by City Hall that was painted with in concert with some, uh, I, I believe it was a multicultural group at HCC uh, that Miriam works with, painted that box. We funded that. We've done different pockets of arts programs in the city. We're involved with Celebrate Holyoke, the Holyoke Creative Arts Center, a lot of programming at the library. The Wisteria Hearst, we do a lot of work with Wisteria Hearst. And even like smaller arts exhibitions, uh, if folks are putting together an exhibition and they're looking to get funding for some of that, we do that. Uh, we've sponsored field trips. We co-sponsor the Holyoke, the Great Holyoke Brick Race. We've sent funding to the Holyoke High School traditionally for their musicals, um, but we did also help bring some of their programming in recently. A lot of different programs. We usually. I'm trying to think of our specific numbers, but it's usually in the neighborhood of like 45, 50, 55, 60 or so different arts organizations, humanities organizations. Uh, we work with Holyoke Codes, all kinds of different things. And I know this sounds like it's a great program and everybody should come and everybody can do it. We are doing a grant writing workshop on September 9th from 10 to 12 at the Senior Center. And we usually put it online on our Facebook page afterward, because I know not everybody can get to a meeting at 10 in the morning on a Saturday. But we try to, we go through the application process, we explain how it works, we talk about some of the things that are, like we can't fund food. This is the one problem we always run into, because folks are like, but I brought great snacks for my meeting. Like, that's awesome. But there's a state regulation that says we can't give you money for that. We, yeah, we've done a lot of different projects. The Holyoke Youth Task Force has gotten grants in the past, um, Family Fun Days, all kinds of different stuff. The, the more I talk, the more I'm like, oh, and this one, and this one, and this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're doing this grant writing workshop. We have we show successful past applications. We talk about things that we're looking for. We go over our funding priorities. Every year we conduct a survey to see where people want us to focus. Um, often it's to do with arts education in schools. Oh, summer strings. We help fund summer strings. <laughs> and... Yeah, and so and then we go through this. It's about a half an hour presentation, and then we leave time open for questions. And often that takes the form of somebody saying, okay, I have this idea. Would it work if I do this? What about this piece? Is this piece eligible? How about this? And kind of our overarching goal is that it's got to happen in Holyoke. Like, it's got to benefit Holyoke. And it has to be open to everybody. It has to have public benefit. And that's kind of it in terms of, like, thinking about arts and humanities. So somebody wants to do a mural, that could totally qualify. You want to do an arts festival, that could totally qualify. You want to do an arts exhibit, that could totally qualify. Um, Lighthouse, we fund some of Lighthouse's stuff, Carlos Pena's work, Artisana, all kinds of different projects throughout the city. So... It's interesting that now that you mention more and more of the projects that are involved with the funding... Many of them have already been featured over here, and it's it's good to know and good to see that there is a connection that maybe is not 
that open or that I mean not not that it's not open but not everybody knows about right, right. outside of the circle of the ones involved so that that's the reason we're talking about it today so more people interested on creating their own programs creating activities creating uh, events Absolutely. or bringing ideas that could benefit the community for cultural diversity, art, expression, mm -hmm. different ways to have the community involved and participating yep. in activities, this is a tool for them to make that happen. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we helped co-sponsor Holyoke Pride, um, National Immigrant Heritage Month. We've done different programs in different places. Basically, if somebody has an idea for a neat thing they'd like to see happen in Holyoke, we definitely want to hear about it. But you're absolutely right. It's um, People don't always know about the Cultural Council. It is sometimes hard to explain because it's sort of nerdy and specific. And it, the grant cycle only opens once a year. And that's sometimes people hear about this in March and are like, that's awesome. Like, it opens in September. Um, let me add you to the mailing list. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook. I'll try to ping everybody. And then for all of August, I feel like I'm usually like, hey, the Cultural Council. Hey, don't forget, uh, grants open on September 1st. And, and the process itself has actually gotten a lot easier. It used to, this was, it used to be that you had to submit 15-1-5 paper copies of your application to City Hall. I know. It was daunting, and it got in the way of people applying, and it was um, it was really difficult. It was unnecessarily difficult. And after a couple of years of people in councils really being like, can we please put this online? Can we make this shorter? They did. And so our cultural council, we still accept things on paper. Like, we still accept paper, handwritten copies of applications. It is not by any means a formal process in that way, but they're also available online, and they're much shorter, and it's much easier to get it done. And we saw kind of an uptick in our applications as a result, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, I, as much as possible, helping get the word out. And the thing is that I think a lot of the time, people have already been to a lot of the events that we help um, help fund. Because part of the part of the um, requirements for the program, like once you've gotten a grant, you have to put you have to put some kind of recognition of the Massachusetts Cultural Council on your program. And if you go back and look at the Holyoke High School Musicals program, you'll see a mention of that. If you look at the Taste of South Holyoke's website, our logo is kind of in the corner. We had it on the stage at Celebrate Holyoke, but because it's the Massachusetts Co Cultural Council, folks kind of look at it and go, "Oh, okay," and then. Oh, wait, that's the thing that's the local thing in Holyoke. Oh, wait, that's the grant program. I have this little button that I wear sometimes that says, ask me how to get free money. And folks are like, there's free money? I'm like, yeah, let me tell you about this awesome grant program we do. Um, but yeah, helping anything we can do to help get the word out, uh, the better. We Every year, we're like, we got to tell everybody about this and keep talking about it and keep moving on it particularly because the applications are open for a six-week window. They open on September 1st, and you can fill it out on September 1st or September 2nd or whatever, but they close on October 16th, and this is a hard deadline. There are no late applications. So if you're interested in something, it's you can apply any time in that six-week range. And, of course, all the information on how to get to this site and the application itself is available in our website, radioplasma.com. So you can just look for this for this story on the post. And 
look for the links and you will be there and all questions and doubts and you know any mm -hmm. anything they can contact you and so yeah they, Neve and uh, Jenna are the co-chairs of the committee this year I'm again the treasurer which I've been doing for the last four or five years and I'm the person that handles a lot of the budget stuff and the reimbursement requests and looking at the and making sure everything qualifies and all of this. So if people have questions particularly about that process, I love talking about it. But yeah, you can reach out to anybody on the Cultural Council. And this is also sort of the bigger, broader pitch. If you are interested in yourself joining the Cultural Council, it is a mayoral appointment. Like you have to write a letter to the mayor saying, I'd like to be added to this council. And there's a little bit of a process, but it's open to anybody, any Holyoke resident, anybody who lives in Holyoke who's interested in this, our meetings per open meeting law are always open to the public. So anybody can just kind of come and watch a meeting and see if they're interested in it. We usually meet just once a month at the Holyoke Senior Center. During our grant cycle, we meet a little more frequently, but they're open to anyone. And we're always looking for more folks to get involved, get interested, to see what's happening in Holyoke. It's a great snapshot of all the awesome art and humanities projects that happen. Um, but yeah, come to the grant writing workshop, send us questions on Facebook, email us with questions, catch us by the elbow at an event and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Always open to talking about it. You're listening Radio Plasma. And we want to listen to your feedback. Let us know your thoughts, ideas, suggestions, comments, requests people or matters that you will like to hear about in this space. You can contact us on our website radioplasma.com and through our social media channels Twitter, Radioplasma Lab and facebook.com slash radioplasma So this is one of the many different things that Anne does. Now let's move on to another of your interesting <laughs> Monikers. Uh -huh. In this case, is the monsters. Oh yeah, my monster hats. <laughs> so I, I make and design uh, custom size, custom design monster fleece hats because I love monsters and it gets cold in the winter. And so basically, what I do is design fleece hats for folks. I have an Etsy. I am often at different arts festivals kind of throughout the city. Usually less in the summer because nobody wants to try on a hat in August. <laughs> And yeah, custom sizing, custom design. I usually also do, once we get into the winter, I started doing this a couple years ago. People can go onto the website and buy a hat to be donated. And those hats go to folks in need in Holyoke and in Springfield, which I, which I love being able to do. I do classes where I teach people how to make hats. It's, it's pretty simple, but putting little eyeballs and fangs and horns on hats is one of my passions. <laughs> it's not going to be a question. It's just mm -hmm. one word. Godzilla. Yay! I love Godzilla. <laughs> I have a Godzilla suit. I wear it every Halloween. I sit out on my step and give out like science treats and candy to the trick-or-treaters. Uh, I have a Godzilla sticker on the back of my car. Godzilla, hands down, my favorite monster. I had the Godzilla roar as my ringtone on the phone for a little while. And I was in a meeting like a big 150 people lecture meeting type thing. And all of a sudden I hear the Godzilla roar. I'm like, wow, somebody must have that on their, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Grab the phone, run out the door. <laughs> like, oh, that person who had that ringtone is me. Oops. Yeah, I forgot to turn off my phone. <laughs> 
And now, one of the more recent projects that that I've been seeing you um, developing is that book. Yeah, my roller derby book. The roller derby, yeah. I did just finish it. It is the proofs are at the printers. I'm getting book copies soon to check them out to make sure that they're they you know properly sized and fit on the pages and look good. But it's it's um it is a comic book, like a graphic novel memoir. I've been a roller derby ref for about 10 years, and I have literally traveled all over the world and refed in many different countries. I got to ref in Iceland, which was awesome. But like taking your skates and your stinky gear through customs is less awesome. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of really interesting experiences and met a lot of people and learned to roller skate like, whoa, and decided to do a book about it. Because there are a lot of people who do roller derby as skaters, and it's really interesting. But being an official is a, a little bit of a different universe. Um, and I, I wanted to do a story, or I wanted to do a book about those interesting stories. Like, what is it like? <laughs> and one of the things that I've noticed that caught my attention really strong is during the process of showing the how, how the book is coming up and, mm -hmm. and some of the illustrations, and some of the stories behind, you also bring some issues about yeah. the gender role, about the way power it is, yep. it is managed, mm -hmm. the way society pretty much is represented in the roller derbies. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've um, yeah, there are like six different kind of directions to go in this. When I first started, I was one of very few like officials who were not men, who were not white men. It, it's still a very, officiating has gotten a little more gender balanced, but it's still very, very much male oriented in part because roller derby in its most classic form is still a women's sport or the most popular iteration of it that you see is, is, uh, is women. Um, but in, I mean, in reality, there are men who play roller derby. There are men's teams. It's robust. Um, there are also some teams that are all in no gender, which I think is fantastic. And so I think as our understanding of gender has changed and shifted and developed, that has also manifested in roller derby. But yeah, there are still a lot of interesting gender divisions that are problematic on top of all the other like race, class, other issues that are at play in, in derby because it's still an expensive sport to do. It's still a little dangerous. It's still breaking your leg is expensive. And it's there there are still some barriers to participation in a lot of ways that we could we could do better on addressing. So between monsters, roller derby, <laughs> art, politics. Yep. There is another topic that is one of your biggest passions. Mm -hmm. Music. Yes, I love music. Um, have you listened to Lizzo's new single? It's it's called Water Me. It's really good. She just released it like a week or two ago. It's really good. I I love Lizzo. I think she's great. I am free, yeah, yeah. Come water me. Oh, oh. Love you so, but if you don't, I have to leave. Oh no. I am free, yeah, yeah. Come water me. Oh, oh. Love you so, but if you don't, I have to leave. Oh no. But yeah, also a lot of my tastes are very like 1970s, 1980s. Goth, Susie and the Banshees, The Cure, Depeche Mode. <laughs> Love them. Love them. Often, there's usually, like when I'm working, like when I was working on the roller derby book, there's always music going on in the background. There's always something 
um, kind of playing. And then I play a little bit of music to some lesser degree, less successfully. Banjo. I have an old antique banjo that I love. I just got my nephew a ukulele, a little plastic yellow ukulele. He's four. He can't, you know, really play it, but he's figuring out how to hold it, like, properly instead of, like, flat like an auto harp. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my brother called me and was like, can you can you get him a, a ukulele? I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't know how to find this. Like, I'm on it. I got this. <laughs> this this one I got. Um, but, yeah, and I was just I was just at Celebrate Holyoke this last weekend, and I got to listen to really good music, really cool stuff. And I've loved really, like, one of the things I really love about being in Holyoke is listening to music that I might never have run into otherwise. Like the Holyoke Latin Jazz Fest, which we do as as part of the Cultural Council. I love it, and I love listening to the different bands that we get and really working for this range of different musical styles, different interpretations of classics, uh, different instrumentation. It's it's pretty neat. I At first, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to dig this. I'm like, I totally dig this. This is awesome. So I'm trying to think of what else I've been really into lately. I got really into OK Go over the summer. I love them. I love their videos. Their videos are fantastic. I think it's... This is one of those few bands that actually are utilizing the video clip yeah. as an artistic way to express and be innovative and creative and fun. Yep. And kind of make videos worth to watch again. Yeah, I agree. And and they have such an interesting, comprehensive, like, here's how we made it work. Here's the math that was involved. Here's, you know, like... For for one of their videos, the one out in the desert, we had they had all the instruments set up. They brought in the MIT Media Lab to like plot the thing out. Um, and with the the one in the plane, they were talking about parabolas and how gravity works. And um, it's it's just awesome. It is fascinating to watch the video and look at it and be like, how did they do that? And then be able to watch the video where they explain the science behind it and and like little tricks like running the the sound at quarter speed so that they can sync it up later and make it match. I'm like, oh, that's why that looks so seamless. That's really cool. Um, and their music is really innovative. I used it a lot in my teaching this summer. They just put out this really great TED Talk about where these ideas come from and what their creative process is like. But it's just, it's fascinating. It's good music. It's smart production. Like they, they have their own production company. They're kind of doing it all in house in really interesting ways that talk a lot about the future of music and protecting creators' rights and really interesting stuff. And they're just awesome goofballs. <laughs> like I kind of want to do in my vision for this, I have this little mini comic that I want to do like an open letter, an open love letter to OK Go. <laughs> Because I just think they're so great and just fascinating. Any other talents, skills that we don't know about that you would like to share? Uh, other talents and skills. It turns out that I'm pretty bad at dancing. <laughs> I took some salsa, like salsa and merengue lessons with Teresita up at Salsa Renge, and it turned out that I was like really bad. <laughs> Teresita is a very great and patient teacher, but I, it's like Fozzie Bear with no sense of rhythm. I. <laughs> Very enthusiastic, but unskilled. That's me. Um, other other things. That might that might be it for now. I mean, there, I'll, I'll probably be driving home and I'll think of something else. Like, oh, also this, or other programs the cultural council funded. Oh yeah, we also paid for this thing. Um, 
yeah, that, that might be it for now. So where can people get a hold of you? Um, well, I'm on Facebook a lot. But for the creative project, my, my Etsy site is My Monster Hat. And I have a Facebook page for My Monster Hat. So those, that's, that's one way to find me with like the hats and the books and the creative projects, those kinds of things are housed there. Um, the Cultural Council, we have a Facebook page that we try to update more frequently in August and September as we start getting into our grant cycle. Um, those are those are the main way to get me is email and Facebook or catch me catch me by the elbow somewhere like I've, I've run into a lot of people who are like oh I know you from somewhere I'm like it, it could be this it could be this one it might be Godzilla it might be this other thing and they're like do you do you skate I'm like okay roller derby you know me from roller derby <laughs> um, and um, yeah so Facebook catch me by the elbow find me in person I'm out and about for sure or come to the grant writing workshop on September 9th from 10 to 12, because I will definitely be there. So, Anne, thank you so much for sharing a little bit, a little lot about you. I, I love that I get to be like, this is the random show. <laughs> yeah, and also, I want to invite you to create one of the Curated Sounds playlists. Oh, yeah. That, that's another, another component of, this, of okay. this podcast, to have some guests awesome. to create their own playlists just for, for the fun of listening, yeah. discovering, rediscovering music. Awesome. That's another way to tell stories. And yeah, I love doing that and share music and enjoy listening to yeah. music that every, other people listen and, and, and enjoy as well. Challenge accepted. It's going to have Lizzo on it because Lizzo is great. Definitely some OK Go and definitely some De La Soul. Mm. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Perfect. So this is Anthalheimer in our randomness session here on the Radio Plasma podcast. And thank you so much thank for being you. here. Thank you. Yay. And this is the Radio Plasma podcast, in case you forgot. And this session was recorded, as usual, here in the Plasma Media Lab in the Gandhara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening. <laughs>